Yes, and you're writing, that's good and good for you. All right, everybody, give me a hard time about my preparation age problem. You write to us at MyNorthwest.com. Come on into a state roofing text line, one 4776 All are welcome. There's Teeny working hard. Hey, Teeny. Say hi. Say hi to Teeny, Sherry. Hi, Teeny. Hello, Susan. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Better. She knows better. She knows better. All right. I'm not going to do that on the air. We're not doing that on the air. We're not doing I that do on the air. Know. Diving in. Oh, I see diving in. She doesn't know. When you guys argue like that, it 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 hurts the credibility of this show. It ma- doesn't make you feel like we're a team. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll try harder not the news to break the credibility. They're not turning to this station because they're, they, they can feel the animosity between the two of you. That's exactly right. That is the reason that people tune away from the from the news and tainment. Newstainment. Newstainment. Like here comes the news. Right? Yes. Yeah, here comes the news. Matt Markovich, the guy that drew the short straw, has to drive down to Olympia every single day and sit there and watch as they, yeah, they're making sausage. Is that what you don't make them watch? Don't make, don't watch how they make sausage. Where you're down there watching them make sausage when these house bills have come up, whole bunch of different ones, Matt. And um, any particular ones getting the most amount of fire and interest as our lawmakers battle it out. Well, well, I'm glad to be on your show finally. I better bring it now. Yeah, uh, gosh, well, that's what I said. Where's Matt? Bring Matt on. Here yeah. we go. Well, so you what's know, going on? Well, you know, a couple things. One, I think the two biggest things down there that are most controversial are the pursuit bill, which I think you've talked about before. Mm-hmm. And now we have the felony, I should not say felony, but the drug possession law or lack of it come uh, July. You know, I don't know if you know, but right now, if you have any form of illegal drugs on your possession, it's a misdemeanor. Um, But you're really not going to go to jail for that. The cops have to give you twice, two warnings, two invites to treatment. So come July. Wait, wait, Matt, Matt, Matt. Just one second. Anybody hearing that would be like, hey, that's Matt Markovich. (laughs) <laughs> and then the second thing they'd say to themselves, well, how are the cops keeping track of that? Like, did they have a little little notepad? They're writing it down. Well, that's actually, your first one in there. Oh, well, you know what? Actually, in Everett, they're doing that. The police chiefs testified that since this law took effect last year and they have uh-huh. to give two warnings and then issue a ticket, um, only one person out of 400 people has taken the offer of treatment in the city of Everett. Uh, uh-huh. So, So it's not working. Um, so what's happened now is that they got, they have until July to make a fix. So yesterday, or just recently, they just proposed the four fixes. And I'm putting it this way. And you got to think of it as the big four fixes. They jammed it in one two-hour hearing. And think of it, I hate to use the analogy, but a, a stick and a carrot. And I'm going to tell you about the four proposals right now. And we're going to see if you guys agree. What do you, what do you think about it? The first one is, I'll call it no carrot. But a big stick, and that's what the Republicans want, and they want to bring it back to the way it was. We need the proper leverage to get these folks into treatment. And frankly, the misdemeanor or gross misdemeanor from a lot of the prosecutors I've talked with is not going to work all that well, certainly not as well as a felony. 
Yeah, so that would go mm-hmm. back to the way it was before this big court ruling. And if you have a thousand pills of fentanyl standing in downtown Seattle, uh, a cop could arrest you for that, and they don't have to send you to treatment. And then wow. there's the all the way on the other side, the opposite of that, and that's Senator Moncardingra, who's mm-hmm. basically wants to legalize drug possession, not have any criminal aspect of. Oh, and literally every drug, but have a personal amount, and she's not defining a personal amount. And she says that you know treatment and uh, and drug possession and crime are two separate matters in her mind. Substance use disorder is a public health issue. Criminal activity that is associated with substance use disorder is criminal activity, and we have to be able to separate the two. So, she's about basically on one side legalizing everything, the possession of it. And Senator Patton on the Republicans want to go back the way it was, a big-time felony. With all that said, neither one of them are going to go forward at all. I I really Really? believe. Yeah, neither one. So we're going to have two that are in the middle. And here's what's really going to happen. I call this one the carrot meaning treatment. The carrot with a a stick that can be big if you don't eat the carrot. And that's Ooh. from Senator Solomon, and he basically explains his bill this way. Substance use disorder. I'm sorry, my fault. That's all right. It's okay. You know, You're just nervous. If one is convicted yeah. of possession, the judge cannot sentence to jail, only to treatment. And it's only when somebody refuses to do treatment that jail would be imposed. Also, jail cannot be imposed if treatment is not funded. If somebody cannot afford the required treatment, they cannot be sent to jail. So, did you get all that? So, basically, his big stick is you take the treatment or you're going to spend no less than 45 days in jail. And Uh it could go up to 90 days. And I'll just won't play the sound from the second one, which is uh, basically similar, except that treatment is mandatory for 12 to 18 months. So, bottom line is that they have this treatment. you got to take a treatment. Or you may go to jail afterwards. Those are going to be the big solutions. But the primary thing about this, the last thing I'm going to play for this, is guess what? There's no money behind it, according to the uh, head of the Association of Drug Courts. It comes down to funding, funding, funding. And it cannot be zip code dependent. If you are in hump tulips, you have to have the same opportunity for treatment as you have in downtown Seattle. Funding, funding, funding. This and so there's no money at all, John, attached to uh, any of these ideas. Yeah, well, you got to get the cash for it. Um, I like the third one. I think they're doing this in Oregon. What they find is they do send you to treatment. People do treatment for about two weeks, drop out of treatment, and go back onto the street and uh, continue it their their way. What 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 this doesn't add, uh, take into address is the repeat offender. I you know a while ago when I was over at Como, I did a story with this guy named Francisco Calderon. I caught him when he had seventy five convictions. He's a drug addict. kept on going in and out, kept on going in and out of jail, in and out of jail, and all these solutions I just told you about. That the yeah. person who doesn't accept treatment. They're going to go in and out of jail, in and out of jail, and there's really no solution to that. So, Matt, if they are, let's suppose they did the 45 days mandatory treatment. What are the consequences if they drop out like that? If they if they say, okay, I'll take this, and you can't keep somebody in treatment. It's not prison. So how do they maintain that and make sure that someone is going to go through with that and get the help that they need? Then they just kind of do that stick and do put them in jail over and over again. That's the, There is no other recourse if they don't 
follow through with treatment. If they're back on the street, uh, they can start again and say be sent to treatment. And that's what's happening right now in the city of Seattle. I've I've seen so many cases about this. People go to treatment and last a day and walk out because there's nothing to keep them there. And there's nothing in these bills other than the threat of jail to keep them from going cycling through the system. They'll, they'll spend their time 45 days in jail, then it's 90 the next time, and then it's 90 again. And if they walk out of treatment again, they're back in jail again, so according to yeah. the one bill from Solomon. So all the crappy stuff that comes up from Oregon and California. So this is the... Um one, this is from New York Post, 2022. They de- decriminalized just like we did. The state, 1% of the people that are caught with the drugs go to treatment. The state has plunged $302 million into treatment services since the measure, reducing personal possession. Uh, and 1% of the folks go to treatment and then drop back out of treatment again. Because when you're faced with the two choices, you're like, I- I'll take the treatment. Because you don't want to go to jail, and then you realize, get in, say you're in, and then walk out. Well, right? let me just so, let me just real quickly play what the chief, right. of, the police chief from Everett said about what's happening for the last well, seventeen, eighteen, but uh, sixteen months here while this law has been in effect. Here's what he's, his officers found out: out of three hundred and ninety-eight referrals for treatment that made by Everett officers since engrossed Senate Bill fifty-four seventy-six went into effect. I'm aware of only one person who voluntarily accepted the offer for treatment. One person mm-hmm. out of what three hundred plus, and that's that's what the officers are facing right now. So the expectation is that everyone's going to accept treatment if any of these bills go through. That's the big dilemma down in Olympia. Right. Plus, you know, Matt, Matt if, yeah, sure. is is there treatment in jail at this point is there something that they could participate in if they were incarcerated is there some sort of a program or methadone or or some sort of you know substance abuse yes yes Uh, there is there's these uh like the king county jail started it last year the benton county jail actually was leading this uh suboxone if you're treated for heroin if you have heroin but anything else like fentanyl no any other drug treatment there isn't anything in jail that's required just except for fentanyl, excuse me, uh, heroin, and there's suboxone treatment there. Wow. So you sit there and you watch this sort of stuff. Do you think, are you amazed? I know you've been in this business for a long time. You work at Como. When you sit there and watch it, does it jade you at all as a human being when you think, this is, this is how our laws are made? I, well, this is, like you said, it's a sausage and the Republicans yeah. have one way to make a sausage, and the Democrats have another. And the Democratic sausage is what's in charge right now. So this is what you're hearing from. Other than uh, Rep- uh, Senator Patton, who wanted to bring it back the way it was, all the rest are Democrat proposals. And some are bipartisan, the two that we're talking about here. I have some bipartisan support. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it comes down to, I think, what people want to know is this. If I'm standing on downtown Seattle with a bag of 1,000 fentanyl pills, mm-hmm. should I be arrested? Um, as long as I'm not dealing, I can't give you one. I can't sell you one. But right now, if there's no law, I can stand there. I can stand there with a kilo of heroin, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And as long as I'm not distributing, the cops can't do anything. Here's, here's the thing you'd say to um, the senator from Redmond. The gentle lady, you would say, let's talk about what you're going to do for the victims of the crime, the broken windows, the shot, the injured, 
the assaulted. What do you do for those people? Because she's so concerned with the people that have the drugs, and she's trying to make this disconnection between people that have this medical condition. Yes, they're addicted to drugs. Yes, it is medical. Um, and then she's separating the crime part in. We need to get them treatment first. Well, there's, how about the other people that want to be able to walk downtown, park their car, and not worry about coming back with a broken window? People will go wherever there is a least amount of resistance. Word is out in the United States that if you want to do drugs and not get hassled and not get arrested, go to Oregon, go to Seattle, go to Portland, and go to Seattle. You can steal, you can rob, you can beat, you can kill, you can do whatever you want to do, and you can do drugs because no one's going to bother you. If you started to make things tough, people would leave and go somewhere else and find some other place to go that would be, you know, more in line with the lifestyle they'd like to lead. And these guys are not going to get help until they have to make the choice. Sherry knows this, Matt. She used to work in a, a methadone treatment, and she used to see, you know, we got to hit bottom. What everybody's rock bottom is different. But, you know, this this idea that, you know, we're, we're going to do everything we can to help the addict. How about the person who's living their life living by the rules and afraid to go downtown the business owners the taxpayers and everybody else why don't you do something to protect them as opposed to being concerned about these individuals that have these problems that are choosing these life this life and not getting better you're offering them the carrot um and the stick doesn't really matter because they found a, a way around it but so when do we finally when does this session wrap up on all this Wraps up on mid-April. Um, they have to. We, we were talking right here. This is the Senate side. Now there's a House versions, uh, uh, a bit exactly similar. They're about to get heard. Something has to come out of this by April. Something. Mm-hmm. This is not one of those issues, and the lawmakers know this. That you can kick the can down the road because if you don't kick, if you don't, if you kick the can down the road, come July, you can stand there in that corner and use that example I, I talked about. And nobody yeah. really wants that, but you know, are they going to finish the sausage by April fifteenth? Uh, we'll find out. Got it. Okay. And by the way, where are they on the whole pursuit thing and the and the cops being? That's able interesting. To- brought that up. So um, there was a little development this morning. The Republicans said the version in the House because your fine uh, senator from Redmond uh, killed it in the Senate. Uh, the bipartisan version in the House was dead on arrival. That's what they said today. But I texted uh, John Good, uh, Roger Goodman, uh-huh. uh, who leads the House side of this pursuit bill, and he says, I'm giving it another week. He wants to narrow it down. And if it he can't get a vote next week to pass it out of his committee, then we're going to study it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. We're going to study right. it to either at the end of the year or next Halloween will be the due date. All right. Well, anybody in Redmond, why don't you call your uh, senator that you put in there and uh, let 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 her know how you feel about that. Um, and um, by the way, folks in Redmond, come on down to Seattle, park your car, walk around. <laughs> we need somebody to sponsor Matt with an auto <laughs> glass uh, business. Where are those guys? Why aren't they sponsoring this show? The, the auto glass business loves this, uh, all of this crime. 
So they feel bad for you, but they'll certainly place your broken window. Matt, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on for your first time on. Very good. Oh, good. Now I can, I can, I'm I'm dripping with sweat here. Welcome. You're welcome back. Welcome back anytime. You shouldn't be nervous with us. That's crazy. By the way, I don't know what you can do about it. If you ever have a problem with hemorrhoids, just talk to me off the air. All right. right, I'll do that. from the oldest man ever elected to office will be uh, taking the State of the Union address. Two things to look out for. One, if the government, <clears throat> if Joe Biden, looks at we, it's about we and he and all the rest of the people are standing there, we have created or I have created uh, 10 million jobs. Scream at the television set. No, you don't. The government does not create jobs. The government does not create wealth. The government takes wealth. The government is incapable of creating a job it can create a government job but it cannot create a job a job is created when an individual has capital which means available money a dream have they got the entrepreneurial spirit they said you know i'm going to open a restaurant or i'm going to start a business and i'm going to do asphalt paving or i'm going to plow snow i'm going to create a job and then they start a business and then they hire somebody. They've created a job. The government is incapable of creating jobs. They can create an environment in which jobs can be created, but they cannot create a job. So if Joe takes any credit for creating 10 million jobs, just scream at the television set, the government is incapable of creating jobs. The other thing he's going to talk about is the billionaire tax. You can talk about all these billionaires and millionaires making all this money and they pay less taxes than you do and then the billionaire tax so here's how they want to do this so sherry you ready let's say you have let's say you're a billionaire and you've got a hundred million dollars worth of stock Mm -hmm. and today it's valued at a hundred million right they want you to pay taxes annually on that stock now you haven't cashed it in it's just sitting in the stock market you haven't realized any of the gains on it you put money in stock went up you risked your capital in order to be able to invest in a business that's then creating more wealth for people that are involved in that business so you've got the money it's sitting in the stock market it's in your and you don't touch it you can't do anything with it it's just in there it's growing you've picked a good winner and you've invested and you've taken the risk with your money you know it might might hit on it might not here's how joe wants it is at some point they're going to say, you have $100 million worth of stock. You're going to pay taxes on it. You haven't realized it. This is so – it's. he's going to bring it up. It's it's unconstitutional. You haven't realized the gain. You haven't made any money. It's still in the stock market, but he wants to tax it. But what day are they taxing it? Are they taxing it on Tuesday when it's worth $100 million? If all of a sudden something happens and the stock goes down, do they tax it less Let's say they tax it $100 million and he wants to take a percentage of it. But what about the next day if it goes down? So the mark-to-market, the it's called mark-to-market, that you set at a certain point, mark, that's the value of it at this time. Joe's idea is to get in there and do this billionaire tax. And you can talk about how the rich don't pay their fair taxes. So he wants to tax your asset before you've realized the gain or the loss of that asset. And he wants to get a piece of it. And he's going to be telling you it's not fair that the billionaires have all of this money. So there you go. And that's the two things that you're going to be able to scream at the television. The first one is government can't create a job. And secondly, it is unconstitutional 
You won't get any support from anybody on this one, but it's going to make people feel good because Joe's going to talk about how the rich aren't paying their fair share. It's just not fair. Sitting around mm-hmm. the kitchen table and you're just trying to make ends meet. And, you know, I know my father and, you know, he did this and did that. And he's maybe, maybe he'll launch into one of those stories that he likes to tell. Um, I, I, found, I found an example of that. Hang on. Here's the uh, this example of a, of a Joe Biden story. If he, he probably won't do this. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. But here's like a, this is what they said. Stories that start, they're personal, go nowhere. We can't bust heads like we used to, but we have our ways. Oh, you got it. One trick is to tell them stories that don't go anywhere. Like the time I caught the ferry over to Shelbyville, I needed a new heel for my shoe. So I decided to go to Morganville, which is what they call Shelbyville in those days. So I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. Now, to take the ferry cost a nickel, and in those days... Nichols had pictures of bumblebees on him. Give me five bees for a quarter, you'd say. Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. The important thing was that I had an onion on my belt, which was a style at the time. They didn't have white onions because of the war. The only thing you could get was those big yellow ones. It's going on and on. Not a joke. Not a joke. Not a joke. (laughs) But the idea that the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poor, this this doesn't make any sense. I guess it does in your mind if you believe that the pie is fixed. You think like a gigantic pie, right? And the rich guy is taking a great big chunk of the pie, leaving very little for you. Well, that would be the case. The rich get richer, the poor get poor because the rich are taking more of the pie. But if the pie is never fixed... And the pie can get bigger, as it does with the U.S. economy at 1%, 2%, or 3%, depending on what the GDP is. The pie gets bigger. So when the rich get richer, it doesn't mean that you're getting poorer. I used to have this round and round all the time with Tom. Jeff Bezos would make $56 billion or something or whatever. And I used to say, Tom, I don't feel any poorer. Do you? Was was your house still there when you got home? Where do you get the money from? I guess you get the money from 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 delivering a bottle of uh, vitamin D to my house. It's six dollars in one day. Maybe he got the money because he's providing a, a good and a service. So when the rich get richer, this idea that Joe's going to this this divide that the the poor should hate the rich. We're going to go get them, get the rich. They're going to pay their fair share. Well, here's what this is actually from the White House uh, oh, website. Good. Billionaire minimum tax. President Biden is a capitalist, and he believes that anyone should be able to become a millionaire or a billionaire. He also believes that it's wrong for America to have a tax code that results in America's wealthiest households paying a lower tax rate than working families. In a typical year, billionaires pay an average tax rate of just 8%. In the State of the Union, that's tonight, he'll call on Congress to pass his billionaire minimum tax this minimum tax would make sure that the wealthiest Americans no longer pay a tax rate lower than teachers and firefighters. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, little sleight of hand on that one is so they're being taxed not on their income because they're not going to work 40 hours a week and they're not paying a federal income tax. He's choosing the billionaires that are actually living off of their own capital that they have. So they are borrowing money off of their capital. And they're following the laws 
the 46,000 page laws that they write every single or they keep pushing through every single year, the giant tax code. They're just using the system that you put in place, Joe. But the top 10%, I'm one of them, pay 70%. Here's the analogy. Imagine a church with 100 pews. And at the end, the last pew, you've got to get all the money in the basket. And it's going to, all that money is going to run the government for a year. So they start at the front of the church and they go to the first 10 pews and they look in the basket and they're like, wow, look at this. We've got 70% of the money we need and we've only had to go to 10 pews. Let's go to a few more pews. They go to a few more pews. And now, all of a sudden, they haven't even gotten to halfway to the end of the church. They're still halfway through the church. They have all the money. You know why? Because the last 50 pews don't pay anything in federal income tax. They get the money back. So the first 10 pews are paying 70%. Do you want the first 10 pews to pay 80%? 90%? Would that be fairer? So we'll go to 10 pews, we'll get 90% to make and pay their fair share, and we'll let all the other pews, all 90 pews, don't pay anything. And they go, oh, the 1950s, the high tax rate is 91%. You know how many people paid that? Like 1,700 people paid that thing because people found ways around the system. But he's, the, oh, the great uniter. You're a uniter and see, oh, the rich and the poor. The rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. I don't know about you. I've never worked for a poor man. Every person that signed my check has been wealthy. And that's I've true I've never gotten everybody. a job from a poor man. That's for new, sure. New. Mm-hmm. Joe's yep. not a capitalist. If he believes that the government is going to take money from one group and give it to another group so that he, he and the rest of those people in there can keep their jobs, so they never have to get a real job. The- Don't forget, yell at the TV. Government is incapable of creating jobs. It's all right. you need to know tonight. Just put it on a little index card and start shouting it. And throw something somewhere. <laughs> Well, you really you painted yourself into a corner here, and you got to try to transition out of that music and right into the mailman. Can you do it, Sherry? Oh, he did it. Seamless. Good I'm job. The As you can see, I'm the mailman. Don't nobody mess with me. I'm the mailman. If you didn't know, I'm the mailman. I bring the mail to your door. Right to your door. All right, we'll get to the letter of the day first. Take care of all the rest. Here we go, Sherry. Thefts and stores locking stuff up. Zach says this. My Uh grandpa said he had to wait forever just to get a pack of socks at Walmart because they were locked up. Uh Uh-oh. 253 says uh, they are stealing frozen shrimp from grocery stores and selling them at the low-end restaurants in Seattle. Oh, boy. Uh, Biden and the State of the Union. Socks and shrimp, yes. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Betty says, John, shut it. He's gotten more done than most presidents in two years. Ah, there you go. Uh, 360, it's uh, a performance and tradition we should continue. Read between the lines. It gives us insight. And it's my drinking game. All right. 253 says, what was it that built America as we know it today, John? Oh, yeah, it was a 70% tax rate on the wealthy. Hmm. I wonder how many people paid that. 
Let's see. Wow, it's a long one. Jeez, thanks a lot, Chris. John, Joe Biden says middle class. He's referring to the fact that he grew up middle class, upbringing, and I can identify with the middle class. Trump was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. No clue how the middle class lives, paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, that's true. Uh, trying to figure out uh, which bill to pay. Biden's father was used car salesman. The family had a rough time. They lived with the Biden's grandparents. Yes, all this is the fact. He lived the life of the middle class. Thus, he can rarely proclaim himself to be middle class Joe. He gets us. This is Jesus at the big game. Two, five, three. It's for awareness and to put Jesus back into our society. And 206 says, weirdly, my uh, atheist sister has commented to me several times how much she likes these commercials. So weird. Don't know what to make of it. Hmm. T.W. says 20 million is a small pr- price paid for some measure or to return sorely missing civility. Hmm, that's true. Two, five, three. Funny how uh, how they there have a million have trillions of people on the face of the planet uh, since the inception of humans. And not one of them has ever reached the other side and come back to tell us there's something after death. Well, well that would be Dis- Jesus did that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, woke Disney, two, 425, definitely not accurate, but let's have Disney sell all their holdings and give all their profits to whom they think should receive reparations. <laughs> Fernando. Well, I wrote his whole name out. What about the white supremacists that fought a civil war to keep slavery in this country? Uh, mm-hmm. Police Matt says, my father, grandfather, and uncles were firefighters. Firefighters have been loved over cops long before 9-11. Cops have always been yes. viewed as second best primarily because most folks have neg- negative interactions with the police. Think traffic tickets, mm-hmm. poor support when filing police reports, things like that, car breakage. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. not fair, but whoever said the world's fair. Teeny. Teeny. And now it is time for the letter of the day. And she is proud as punch, Sherry. She holds up the letter, hands it off to Chris, and then hands it to you. And you read the letter of the day, as chosen by Teeny. Karen says this, John, let's hope mm-hmm. there is a statute of limitations for theft. Plus, yes. I will never yeah. see you in the same way. I'll be triggered every time I'm in a toy aisle. I'll send you a bill for my shrink. Oh, wait. <laughs> That's what the ointment did. <laughs> Clever. Look how Karen brought it around and she did. Straight, see? That good good for you, Karen. You don't need any therapy. You That's all she wrote. wrote. That's all she wrote. After that story. Right. All right. I guess we're not gonna have to do a, another hour. Oh, you're right. Okay. I'm just gonna hand it over to the press. Rant and rant and yell. 